Ladies and gentlemen, presented by the WZWA Network, it's the Insider's Edge Podcast with your host, California. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge Podcast here on the WZWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California. It's a joy to be with you all once again. Speaking of a joy, right here, right now, I get to speak to one third of the spectaculars from the National Wrestling Alliance, one of my favorite wrestling promotions going today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one, this is the only, the incomparable Mr. Rush Freeman. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Lovely introduction. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, and Rush, uh, I'm excited to learn about your journey in pro wrestling. Uh, and I wanted to first and foremost ask you, like I ask everybody on the show, first question, how did you become a fan of pro wrestling before you got involved in the business? Man, I was a fan since I was a little kid. Uh, I was obsessed with The Rock and Stone Cold. I was so obsessed that my mom actually grounded me from watching wrestling for years. Uh, it was after The Rock had pretty much like stepped away and went to Hollywood that I actually started watching full time again. So it was like 2002 when I really got going and I just loved it. We didn't have cable house, so we just watched SmackDown. And uh, yeah, we just, I just became obsessed with it 2002 and then on. Uh, my favorites back then were, you know, Eddie, Chris, Chavo, Kurt Angle, uh, Undertaker, just, you know, that Edge, Rey Mysterio, that whole unit they had on SmackDown. Right, cool. See, this is what I love about having uh, people on the show that are close to my age, because a lot of people I've had on the show, uh, you know, in their 50s and 60s are mostly retired from the business. But uh, I get to talk to uh, people like you and have a little chin wag about, you know, what it was like being a fan back then. And it's it was just such, such a fun time to be a fan because wrestling was cool at the time. But I do yeah. find it funny that you mentioned that your mum banned it. Uh, what what was behind that? She was just you were just so obsessed that she just wanted to 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 keep you away from it. And, and little did she know that all these years later he'd actually be a pro wrestler. Yeah, I don't know. I need to ask her why exactly she did it. I don't know if she was afraid that I was just going to beat up my sister, or you know, I was overly obsessed with The Rock. And I, I remember I kept like writing The Rock on like random shit. I remember I had it written on my desk at one point. Um, just maybe I was doing too much graffiti around the house. Maybe she thought I was going to turn out to be a homosexual. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but she shut that down. I can totally see that. And I'm this, I was the same too. <laughs> on my file at school, I had like DX and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a fan back then though, it's, it's kind of funny because my friend Mike, he used to say this to me all the time, like, uh, his parents, every time they walked into the room and he had Monday Night Raw on, it would happen to be during a, a, a moment where like Mae Young is trying to take a close off or, you know, or there's a <laughs> hot lesbian action, you know, things like that. And yes, HLA. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the parents would be like, how is this wrestling? But that's really interesting to hear all that. And uh, uh, you know, my, it's not in my questions here, but, you know, what did your mum think when you eventually became a pro wrestler after all that? Honestly, they're all pretty supportive of it. My mom and dad, uh, my grandma was a little hesitant because she, uh, you know, she kept watching my practice and watching my matches and just seeing me get the crap beat out of me. And, you know, I'm loving every second of it. She is like, oh, my God, my grandson's getting killed. But um, your parents were really supportive, and they've actually been to a lot of the NWA shows. They'd come to NWA shows before I was even signed. I was uh, I was working on the ring crew, and that's how I, how I got in with NWA. And uh, they would just show up and, you know, help out in any way they could and just be part of the crowd 
<laughs> That's cool. I've had plenty of people on the show before say that, uh, you know, when their grandmother was in the crowd seeing them perform for the first time, the grandmother ended up trying to jump the guardrail to go after the the, the opponent. Uh, so, okay, let's scale it back to, to how you got into the wrestling business because, uh, look, the, the internet can be full of shit sometimes, but I was looking and it appears that you, you start a little bit later on. Uh, it could be wrong, though. Did, did you... Like debut at the age of thirty. Um, with NWA, uh, yeah, it sounds right. Uh, it was June twenty twenty one, so yeah, I was thirty. Um, I started officially wrestling. I think my first match was maybe a year prior. Um, I started training in twenty nineteen, and yeah, so I had my first match twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty one, I had my first NWA match. Um, and I fished. I technically started training in twenty sixteen, but I don't really count it. It was just training with some local yokels. Uh, just went and got beat up and concussed and never went back. And so I officially got properly trained in 2019. Right. So, I mean, uh, for a lot of people, you know, uh, when they get into the business, usually they're, they're a bit younger than that. Yeah. What led to the decision? Like, what was it that made you think, you know what, I just, I've got to do it. If I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. Great question. Um, I finished college and I got a degree in environmental health and safety. And so I've been in construction for eight years now. And it was about oh, a couple of years in. And I just started thinking like I was listening to podcasts. I remember it was Stone Cold Steve Austin and he had Ricky Morton on the show. And Ricky Morton was talking about how he has a wrestling school. And I was thinking to myself, okay, you just go to school and learn it. And then you can do it. I can do it. And uh, I'd kind of switched my mentality. My whole life, it was one of those, I wanted to do it, but I kind of told myself it can never be done. And then it clicked in me like, no, it actually can be done. You just got to go to school and learn how to do it. It's like becoming a doctor. And so uh, anyway, I uh, decided to start looking into what's out there. It really helped. Uh, James Storm went to my gym. And so I finally mustered up the courage and went and asked him, where do I need to go? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? And he's been really instrumental in just helping me along the path, honestly. Right. That's excellent. Because think if you think about it, that's a pretty good turnaround to <clears throat> start any, you know, a, a few years ago and you're in the National Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> like for a yeah. lot of people, it'd be very difficult to, to, to get somewhere like that so quickly. So congratulations. You've obviously done something. Thank you. Right. It, it really was like I had really good... Uh, the place I went to school was Trident True Pro Academy in Tennessee. And uh, they had the, I guess, the contract to do the ring crew and supply the ring for the National Wrestling Alliance. And so I had asked uh, Crimson, who was the school owner, uh, if I could be on the ring crew. And he let me go. And I just kept going every single time they'd have tapings. And you show up enough times and you get in good enough shape, they'll use you. So that was what it was. <laughs> Not very good. That's good stuff. Uh, so... There's a first match that everyone always has when they get into the pro wrestling business. Is, is that a story? Is, is there anything uh, that you can tell me about your very first match that you had in front of a paying crowd? Yeah, um, my first first NWA match was, it was myself, Jordan Clearwater, and a guy named Papa Jive. And it was kind of me and Papa Jive's uh, you know, our, our tryout match. And Jordan Clearwater was already there and established. Um, so <laughs> it was what it was. And they were both really sweetheart baby faces and so i was like i'm wearing all black i'll turn it up and so i was the heel for it and uh it was it was just trying to get get out of my comfort zone a little bit and just really be the one that stood out the most i wanted people there's people are saying three of us in there i want them to remember me the most so i really just tried to turn up my my energy 
And uh, honestly, the match wasn't that bad. I wasn't happy with it when it was over. I was like, oh, no, I was terrible. But um, I watched it back, and it, you know, it was a decent beginner's match. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But, you know, it was what it was. Um, <laughs> my first ever indie match was just a guy from Tennessee of Kentucky, and uh, that was just drizzling. It was awful. So uh, my NWA debut was a lot better than that. <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, so obviously the, the, the guy that runs the show there is uh, Mr. Billy Corgan, or uh, mm-hmm. as he's known uh, on the shows, William Patrick Corgan. Uh, what were your first impressions of meeting the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins and your boss? See, I didn't know he was the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. I thought he was just a guy who owned a wrestling company. Oh, really? And I thought he dressed a little unique. He would wear a coat and kind of drape it over his shoulders. He wouldn't put a sleeve, his arms to the sleeves. So I thought it was just, this guy's a little unique. All right. He'd wear his flat bill off to the side and he's a white guy. And so I was just like, you know, there's something characteristic about him. And so uh, it was like the third set of tapings before I ever realized he was the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> and I just had no idea who he was. Uh, I just thought he owned a wrestling company. But, um, you know, since he, t- he took a liking to me. So like, he's the one who gave me the opportunity to be in that triple threat with Clearwater. And uh, there was just... We've had a good, really good connection for the whole time I've known him. And uh, honestly, he's a mentor to me. I've told him he's like a dad to me. So he's a really good guy. Oh, that's great to hear. Uh, so it appears like your first angle, like the first thing when you're really starting to get involved uh, is with the ill-begotten. Uh, and I remember these days with NWA Power, it was getting rave reviews um, because it was just so different to everything else. Uh just tell me how exciting this was for you and 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 that experience, you know, finally getting in there after being a fan for so many years and now you you're a part of something. Yeah, it was uh it was unique. So they he gave me that shot, and then a couple months later we had NWA 73 in St. Louis, and uh maybe it was 74, I can't remember. But anyway, he told me uh we've got a lot of stuff coming up for you. Uh you've got a tag team partner, you're gonna be in a storyline, you guys are in a faction, it's gonna be great. And so it was me and uh Yuma. We were Yuma was an astronaut. I'm some guy who's, you know, this hair and wear black wet pleather stuff. And we don't really match. They're just kind of <laughs> thrown together. And he's like, that's the beauty of it. It makes no sense. It's the ill begotten. <laughs> and so that's just where it went. And uh Yuma was great to learn from. He's a former Ring of Honor guy. Uh he's been in his business for years he's very smart and just a good person to know um i really liked working with him that was a good good part for my career um honestly it was i was just, you know i was still in that phase i'm just happy to be here and it was <laughs> it was good where it was i mean we didn't win a lot of matches but it was i'm here having fun you know we'll get better as we go <laughs> yeah no it, it does look like fun that's for sure uh so okay so that's kind of your first thing that you did but i guess something that you're more known for is uh this run with the spectaculars uh how did the idea of the spectaculars come about man there's things were getting stale with the ill begotten yuma had left alex taylor jeremiah plunkett and anthony lucasio danny deals excuse me danny deals came in and they just kind of ran the show and i was off to the side i didn't fit in mm-hmm. and so we had they had really forced Yuma out. Now they're kind of just seeing me out. And so I'm like, I created this. <laughs> I'm the front man. Why, why am I not in it? <laughs> and so uh, Plunkett actually, after I'd lost my match, he told me he uh, wanted to remove me from the ill-begotten and 
he had been talking with Brady Pierce about being a new member and Brady Pierce had also been talking to me at the same time. And so Billy liked the idea of us being together. So uh, that's how the spectacular performed. And uh, honestly, it was, you know, one of those, like, here's what you have, here's what you can do, see what you can do. Um, and we didn't know what to make of it, but honestly, it was a really successful run. Uh, it, was, it could have been a lot better. It, it, it had a lot of problems, but uh, it was the best part of my career so far. Uh, Brady ended up, uh, you know, we parted ways. Uh, we're mm. still, it is what it is, but um, Brady parted ways and we replaced him now with uh, Spencer Slade and uh, Rolando, my big brother. So uh, that's how the uh, the group has evolved. But also the spectaculars, it's awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, I, I do like the, um, the way that you and Rolando uh, bounce off one another. And uh, we um, bicker so much. <laughs> we bicker <laughs> like a married couple. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I really enjoyed the segments of um, what was, uh, Who Wants to Be a Spectacular? Uh, that went, mm -hmm. uh, they were quite recent as you were searching for the, the new member to replace Brady. Uh, tell me about that. How, how fun was that? Because uh, Rolando, he's playing the character so well i'm uh, he's actually he's, he's working me into getting annoyed because he keeps on disagreeing with everything that you and billy say uh 100 so <laughs> yeah uh, honestly uh i i talked to billy like all right what do we want to do brady's gone um you want, you want me and rolando to split up you want us to stay together and be a tag team do you want you want a new spectacular? And he said, you and Rolando are still together. I do not want to ever split you boys up. Um, he can do all his adventures with you. Oh, all right. Um, he said he wanted us to get a new spectacular though. So we had pitched a couple ideas on some people out there and uh, the, of the people on the roster, like we have a great roster and I love all of them. Well, almost all of them, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't picture myself being paired up with anybody else that was available um, there's, and there's good guys that were thrown out there. Um, I just couldn't picture them being a spectacular. Mm -hmm. And so Spencer Slade, I've known him for a couple of years now. We've worked some shows in Alabama together. We worked shows in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania together. And um, I pitched the idea to Billy and Billy loved him. So that's how we got him put in the uh, star search. And Billy's idea, it was Billy's idea completely for the star search. And it went great. <laughs> yeah, it was good fun. Uh I was, I was looking forward to each um, each uh, episode of it. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, when I saw Spencer Slade, I was like, I think that's the guy. Uh, how are you finding uh, the chemistry with you guys uh, as a team uh, this early on? So far, we've only had one match. And he's a great wrestler. He really is. And we're trying to get it worked out, you know, we got we got to hammer in our things. Like every tag team has their things. We got to figure out what ours are. Ours are, excuse me. Um, he uh, he's he's a very technical submission style wrestler. I am a very flashy, characteristic wrestler, if you'll say. So uh, we're just trying to figure out how to put it all together. He's not a dancer. You'll see me get out there and do the thing with Rolando. You're not going <laughs> to see Spencer doing that. Um, he he said it clearly. He's not a dancer. So uh, we're trying to figure out who we are as a team. Right, fair enough. And I don't want to kind of go back to talking a bit about Rolando. Um, you know, you, you said that you two bicker a lot. T tell me a little bit about the relationship between you two. Man, <laughs> I met, I'm, I'm, 
I'll, I'll pull, pull the curtain back a little bit. Rolando and I aren't technically 100% full blood brothers. Uh, we actually didn't meet each other until a couple years ago at the uh, Nightmare Factory. And I didn't really know him too well. I thought he was just kind of like, you know, to himself and didn't really want to talk. And so we didn't really, we didn't really click too well. He didn't follow me back on Instagram. So, all right. Um, anyway, he came to, uh, first time I ever saw him was at a Nightmare Factory workout. And I thought, that guy looks like me. He looks like a miniature version of me. And that's not a diss on him. He just does. We have the same facial hair and hair. And um, anyway, he, uh, he he came to an NWA show in Knoxville. It's called Always Ready. It was Matt Cardona's pay-per-view. And um, he just came in to ask, you know, how can I help set up the ring, do the chairs, whatever. And just had some friends wrestling. And um, I talked to him. How you been, man? Hadn't seen you in a while. After the conversation was over, I said, can we get a picture together? He's like, yeah, all right, whatever. And I sent it to the office. I sent it to Pat Kenny, and I said, uh, <laughs> I said, check out my mini-me. <laughs> Pat Kenny says, bring him back to production right now. And so within minutes of him walking in, he has a job at the NWA. And our first thing was like a little program with him and Trevor Murdoch. It was just kind of a squash thing. And then uh, the next pay-per-view, we show up and we have no idea what's going on. Like me and Brady are in a battle royal. Rolando, you got anything? He's like, oh yeah, I'm facing Cardona. I'm like, you're facing Cardona? <laughs> so like, he's, he, it took him a while to get opened up where he was close with me and Brady. But as soon as he did, then it really was like a married couple. Like we will argue like, no, this is what we need to be doing. This is what we need to be doing. Um, half the, we've had, you'll find videos of us like bickering about stuff. And it's typically real stuff that we have going on with us. And we are great friends. We get along great. And we really are brothers and family. But um, we, we do bigger. So <laughs> we put each other first. All right. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, and, and and speaking of the, the stuff with Brady, like I thought when I was watching the angle play out, I was sure that Rolando was going to turn on you uh, and it was going to be you against those two. Um, but it didn't turn out that way. Um, what, what, what? What if, if there's anything, uh, any light you could shed on it? What led to Brady leaving? Wasn't happy, but I will say uh, Brady lives in Miami, Florida. Our next show is in Fort Lauderdale, and so Brady technically won by a technicality, uh, or I technically won by a technicality. You know, Matt Cardona hit me, covered me over Brady. Yeah. There's plenty of reasons he can make his way back into the company if he wants to, um, but just. He wasn't happy where he was with the spectaculars. So that's why things happen. Right. Fair enough. And well, it was a loser leaves town match. So it's, it's a different yep. town. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah, loser leaves town. We're in a different city now. <laughs> um, okay. So in my research, I also noticed outside of the NWA, uh, you became the WAH champion. So when, you, when I try and compare the two, okay, NWA, you uh, doing tag team stuff. You might be working on power, but the matches might be like, you know, five, six minutes long. Now there's a, another company, you're their champion. Now you have to, now you're in the main event. Now you're working main event style matches. Uh, tell me about that, you know, kind of uh, difference in, I guess, how good it's been for you uh, to grow as a performer, um, you know, having to work main event style matches. So I'm not working with WAH anymore. Nothing against them. They're a great company. Um, they are in Oklahoma and I am in Washington. So mm -hmm. it's about 
2000 miles and 32 hours of driving difference. So I ended up moving back in September. Uh, but the time spent with them was great. Uh, they have a really good, it's called Wrestling Against Hunger. So it's a really good uh, organization with a good goal. Um, they're all the money they raise, they, you know, put it towards a food bank and donate it to local families in need. Um, you can't get any better than that. But um, I did enjoy working in Oklahoma. I stay, I've moved, I've lived in 11 different American states. And wow. uh, I lived in Oklahoma. I was raised there, but I moved back there earlier this year. I lived there for about six months. And in that time, I had to wrestle 30 matches there. And uh, like you were saying, it's a different pace. Uh, on TV, you've got six minutes, bell to bell, get it. Um, here in you know the city, like no one really cares. It's just go out there and wrestle, have fun, look good. And so you can try a lot more things. You can go for a lot longer. So I'd have you know, 15, 20 minute matches and really get to you know, work on my character abilities, work on just the things I've got going on that I really want to get and use on NWA television one day. Uh, I changed my finish. Uh, my finish was always a blue thunderbomb, but it really wasn't finishing anybody. So uh, <laughs> we switched it up and now I'm using the razor's edge, just like uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and just the hair, you know, it looks like. So uh, I got over pretty well with that. And it was a really good time to really perfect the craft of, you know, getting my finish in and, uh, <laughs> I, I do miss those shows. I've been working shows in Oregon, a little bit in Washington lately. Um, I worked for POW Pal Pro Wrestling this past weekend. Uh, it's in Eugene, Oregon. It was five hour drive. Uh, so I love NWA shows. I will pick them over independent shows any day. Plus, I'm working with great people and people I used to watch on TV. That's the coolest part. I used to watch these guys on TV and now they're in the locker room with me. So, yeah, it's it, that it must be mind blowing, really, when you you get yeah. backstage and you get to. Just have a conversation with Ricky Morton whenever you want. Or mm -hmm. my first victory in NWA was over uh, Fandango, Fandango, and I'm like, dude, you wrestled Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm pinning you tonight. This is awesome. <laughs> like, life is good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, okay, uh, goals, things that you want to accomplish, not just in the NWA, but you know, list off some things. Uh, bucket list items. What what are things you're looking to accomplish in the next few years? That's a great question. Um, we'll start with the NWA. Uh, they just renewed my contract for another six months. We do an option thing. So in six months, I'll have the option to extend. Uh, so over this next six months, I really want to get the spectaculars over. I want to get established with Spencer Slade. Uh, I want to show what we can do with Brady. Nothing against Brady. It wasn't his fault we were looked at as a joke. We don't want to be looked at as a joke anymore. We want to be taken seriously as competitors. And on, again, that wasn't Brady. That was more me and Rolando. Uh, Brady was kind of the, the poster child of success and he was just with us. And so we're changing that image. Um, that's our goal for the next six months. Beyond, um, you know, I'm going to see how far NWA will take. I'm not planning to leave. I'm not planning to go anywhere else. I love the company and I'm a father. I told you that. Mm -hmm. Um, with my parenting schedule, it's not like I can be on the road 52 weeks a year. NWA, we're almost part-time, I want to say. I mean, uh, they send us out every you know, 50, 60 days. You know, it's not it's not every month. It's not every two months. It's just kind of there. Um, so it's, it really works for everybody's schedule. I can still have a full-time job, get my benefits, get my health insurance, all that good stuff. Things are different here. We actually have to pay for our own health insurance and stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it, it really works for my schedule. I'd really love to see the company grow. And they're really good at pushing new talent. So I want to be one of the new talent they push. So far, it's been the Southern Six, Thoreau Billy, Silas Mason, Alex Taylor, who's my old partner, and Kerry Morton. They're kind of the uh, 
the golden children nowadays. And uh, I'm, I'm making them work for it. I do the best I can to be relevant. And whether people like me or dislike me, they're talking about me. They're thinking about me. So I want to stay in people's minds. Right. Well, that's cool. It's really cool to hear that um, such a great work-life balance. And you can also have your full-time job as well. Because, you know, they do tapings. And that might be, you know, a month's worth of of uh, television for the NWA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just need to be there for, like, what, a weekend or something like that? And then... well. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. It used to be five days. We'd get there on Friday night, right. and that's just arrival. Saturday show, Sunday show, Monday show, Tuesday show, maybe a Wednesday show, and then fly home. So you're, you'd be looking at six days potentially. Now we're usually in and out within flying out Friday, flying back Sunday. So, okay, that's cool. Um, but I feel like the shows would extend out. We wouldn't have to do the tapings every you know, two months. We'd do them every four months back then because they had more days of content. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, you kind of mentioned about uh, seeing the NWA grow uh, and, and being a part of that process. From your point of view, what do you think NWA needs to do or or have take place to get to like a next level that everyone's looking for? Good. Good. You're full of good questions. You know, a lot of guys come in there. It's like, uh, who do you think's better, Roman Reigns or LA? No, like <laughs> some terrible questions. But uh, so that's a really good question. What can we do as a company to grow? Um, they're pushing new talent, which I like. Like sometimes I feel like they're pushing somebody they don't need to. There's been plenty of guys who I've counted the lights for that are no longer in the company, and that's one of my pet peeves. I I don't mind losing to anybody, but I want to lose to people that are growing and i don't want to see that same person on on aew two weeks from now because that's just insulting to me so um i really want to see the younger talent get over um one of the best i was asking one of the upper management guys what can i do to help and he said just be great so if we get more guys that are focused on just getting themselves elevated to the next level rather than just showing up for a paycheck or just being more selfish with it then i feel like the company can grow so that's on the talent um as far as what can the company do a lot of people tell us we need to travel more so we go to florida a lot we go to tennessee a lot um we used to go to atlanta but we don't do that anymore but really most of our shows primarily are in florida or in in nashville tennessee one annual show in st louis which is missouri um i feel like if they would broaden out and hit other states it would help get more fans uh, also work with other territories and other towns that aren't affiliated with us because I'll go to these indie shows that have 400 people on them and then we'll run an NWA show and we're lucky to have 70 people. Um, the Crockett Cup this year was a prime example. Our, our numbers were pretty low, in my opinion, um, for what I was expecting. I got the best shape of my life, went out there. There was not a lot of people out there to watch. So I was a little upset about that. But um, I feel like if we hit more cities, uh, extend our advertising that way. I think that would help. Right. Cool. Yeah. You know, uh, it's 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 an interesting uh, like the the way that the company's kind of set up with the you know you do the power tapings and then you know you have the big pay per view. Um, I, I find it like an interesting concept that you know uh, the NWA uh, has there. Uh, but uh, speaking of like NWA power, I sometimes I'm a bit cheeky and I'll send like Joe Galley a message and pitch an idea just because I thought of it. Cause I, I, I do reviews of NWA power every week on our channels, Patreon. Um, oh, so, you know, I'm always uh, thinking of different things and 
you know, just sometimes when I'm watching Power, I'm like, geez, I'd like to get to know who that person is a little bit better. Um, you know, like someone like a like a Dak Draper, like I've seen him a few times, but I like I have no idea anything about him. Sometimes he might talk and you know, in an interview with Mims or whatever, but I still haven't really got to know him. So I said to Joe, you know, it would be really great if like every episode there was like a 90 second, you know, spotlight on a certain person where you just got to know them a little bit, like getting to know like Ruthie J for 90 seconds, you know, getting to know what makes her tick and what her character's all about. You know, there's a, there's a plethora of people there that I would love to just get to know a little bit more about, but you just get these small little, uh, uh, windows to find out about them if they're getting interviewed backstage kind of thing I don't know what do you think yeah. of something like that <laughs> that's really good I can say that actively what they're doing to help promote people would be the live stream they do on Mondays it's called uh, this is the NWA oh. and they'll kind of promote their matches they have coming up and then they will also uh just, you know they'll bring on a guest tonight they brought on Poyo Del Mar and they talked about the new website the new website's launched and it has uh, the profiles and the biographies and whatnot of all of the wrestlers that are working for us so we actually are if you if you're my age you remember we used to go to wwe.com all the time we'd go look at our favorite wrestlers and it would talk about them and have pictures and matches and stuff and we've kind of adopted that and started doing that love it um but yeah I I'm I wanted to be more than just a guy who wrestles. I wanted to be someone who's remembered and character driven. So like with that Monday night live stream, I just mentioned, I do a thing called story time with rush every week. So I tell them something from my history. Like this is the time when I was a little kid, my dad beat me because I was bad. I'll tell like a funny story. Um, but yeah, that's a really good idea to you know promote the guys within. Cause like, I know Dak Draper really well. Like he's one of the ones I talk to a lot when I'm at these shows. Cause he is a funny, genuinely cool guy. Um, but as far as his character and whatnot, I just know he teams with Mims and they might do a, an occasional promo together, but I don't really know a whole lot about who Dak Draper is on TV compared to who he is when we're riding in the bus together. Um, Ruthie J, kind of the same. I don't really know Ruthie J at all. I've said hi to her backstage a couple of times and I don't really know much about her character. I know she's very nice. She's a very sweet girl. Uh, she's very young. I think she's like 20, 21, 22, somewhere in there. But uh, she's been very pleasant to work with, but I don't really know about her. So, yeah, if we could, you know, enhance who we are by showing backstage stuff and interactions. I love skits and uh, doing stuff like that. I think of like old SmackDown to Raw where they were running around the hallways. I, I got this going on. I've got it. And they tell storylines backstage. I love that kind of stuff. So if we could put some stuff like that in there, I think it'd be great. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just. You know, I've been I've been watching NWA pretty frequently for about two years now. Um, I did I Thank didn't you. watch a lot uh, early on, but that's because I was just so burned out with wrestling. I just my friends kept saying, "You got to watch this. You got to watch this." But I just I can't I can't I can I can only put up with pay per views. I can't uh, do the weekly thing. But now I've been watching it pretty frequently for the last two years, and that was just something that popped into my head. Just thinking, geez, I've seen this person so many times that I still know nothing about them. Um, so I just wanted to say that. But um, anyway, uh, back to some uh, more talk about the NWA. Uh, one thing that gets really like grinds my gears is with uh, the internet wrestling fan. Uh, uh, and I, I, I get annoyed with uh, reading people say negative things. And I'm like, you didn't even watch the show. You, 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 you just you've made your mind up about the NWA already. From your point of view, what are some of those misconceptions that are out there um, from some of those wrestling fans that don't really watch the NWA, but they've already come up with their idea about what it's all about? 
Yeah, they'll kind of go off the mainstream media, like when we have the infamous cocaine spot that oh. everyone talks about. Like, who cares? Like, it was just it was a it was a, a storyline driven, you know, funny haha moment that got blown out of proportion. Like, we've seen other crazy stuff that gets blown out of proportion too. That people talk about, um, like uh, Jim Cornette, whenever he made a, a just random off statement he'd made a hundred times oh, in the 80s on tv gosh it was he just said trevor murdoch is tough tough enough he could strap a bucket of chicken across his back and ride a moped across ethiopia or something stupid like yeah that. and it's what well, i was like cancel culture stupid stuff anyway <sighs> uh it's just people don't give it a chance um and if they do give it a chance it's almost like when your parents walked in and may valentine or may valentine may young was given a given birth to a baby hand or something like that <laughs> uh it's just maybe they're not catching it at the right time but it's you know it's been on youtube and now it's on the the cw app maybe they're just people don't watch youtube i watch youtube constantly i don't i didn't really do the cw app before this but you know all promoting it and uh <laughs> i don't know it's just People make up misconceptions. You know, marks are not not fans. Marks, the ones that are just the the ones people dislike. Yeah, they've got negative things to say. They don't have pictures of themselves on their profile picture. No, they it's don't. Just, yeah, there's yeah, a reason for it too. People like that. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of negativity myself. Like people I've never met. Uh, people say Freeman sucks. The fixers made that a thing because <laughs> me and the fixers troll each other like there's no tomorrow. And uh, Anyway, they made up this thing, Freeman sucks. So I get that comment on all my stuff all the time, tweeted at me by people I've never met. It's just, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, but it's just interesting, isn't it? That fake outrage, like, come on. Like, how many TV shows and movies have you seen where someone's doing cocaine? Like, it's, he's not actually doing cocaine. It's like, mm -hmm. it's just because it's live action, I suppose. So it comes across maybe a little bit, I don't know uh more confronting to people but it's so stupid it's 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 james mitchell like he's the character's insane from what i've heard the real him is pretty much the character as well it's yeah, the real him is very similar to the character geez and then like you know they'll put the tv on and the, maybe there's a repeat of the, the sopranos on and someone's you know beating someone's head in but that's okay um yeah but, that's okay yeah, it's just, ah, oh, man. And the Jim Cornette thing, that still really annoys me because yeah. it's like, I don't think people Sadly, actually understood what they were mad at. I just thought, oh, like it was a racist. Like, there's no way it was a, they didn't get the yeah. joke. <laughs> they just thought, so, saw Ethiopia and chicken and, and oh my God, like how dumb do you have to be to? <laughs> Sadly, that happened in season one. I started with the company in season two. So that was when I first worked on Rain Cruise. I never actually got to meet Jim Cornette. I've listened to him a hundred times, thousand times on his podcast. And I, you know, it's Jim Cornette. You don't agree with everything he says, but you like a lot of stuff he says. So he would have been a great guy to meet. And yeah, I'd love to just send him, hey, my match, here's my match. Here's my promo. Can you just give me feedback and let him yell at me about how much <laughs> I suck? I would actually enjoy that. Of course, you know, that'd be great. Um, but yeah. yes, you know, anyway, the, the, there are a lot of misconceptions. Uh, and I think people just need to give it a chance. You know, I had uh, Camille on the show, uh, I think it was late last year. We talked about the same thing and, and that is just, just give it a chance, give it a shot. Like, I honestly believe people will give it, if they give it a chance, they'll enjoy it. Agreed. And also speaking of Camille, she's great. Uh, her husband, Tom Latimer, he was one of my trainers at the Pride and Fruit Academy. He helped train me. And I can't say enough good things about either of them. They've been 
great having as mentors while I've been getting started. Me and Camille don't talk as much. Man, I text Tom almost every day. Uh, Camille, I'll text her here and there. And usually I just have you know, random conversations with her. But me and Tom talk all the time. Yeah, he's uh, he's been pretty cool with me too. Um, but yeah, Camille's yeah, actually my, she's my favorite pro wrestler. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, because she just... Man, I'll get she you just an kept, autograph. <laughs> she just kept stealing the show every pay-per-view. I was like, you know... Uh, the, the lads are having a hard time keeping up with her, uh, with with the the, the world title. Um, you know, she was killing it, and that's how she became. Yeah, I was actually really sad to see that she lost the title. Nothing against Kenzie Page, but Neil is like in a whole nother level. She is just the best, and I was really sad to see her drop the title. I was too, because you know what? It was the first time that um, I, I I would in years that i was watching wrestling and i was literally like on the edge of my seat not wanting her to lose i don't care who wins or loses these days i've seen so much wrestling over the last 25 years that i've been a fan um that i usually you know it doesn't bother me because i'm just i'm interested to see what happens you know how things play out but with her it was like a, it was like going for a sports team and like I, I, that, I don't want her to lose she better not lose this one like I was literally feeling like the old fan I once was. So it was nice to feel that feeling again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they had a great match. I mean, we were talking about, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really care who wins and loses. It's just, it is what it is. But whenever it was Cody versus Roman at Mania, I was really going for Cody. I, I went to Nightmare Factory. I don't know Cody well, but I know him. He knows me. It's just, we're kind of separate people. I wasn't in his class, but um, I was just so going for cody and he lost that was the one time i was like oh i'm a wrestling <laughs> fan again they got me that's great oh no, no don't happen <laughs> that's great to know that it can still happen right because i remember when i uh uh what year was uh, about 2000 and 2010 i uh started training to be a pro wrestler and after i trained i don't know i just when i watched it it, it was different to me it wasn't yeah, the same as it, it was does, yeah yeah, so it's good like sometimes before, you get back there. <laughs> yeah, before when I, you know, before I was introduced to the world of wrestling, um, when I just was a fan and a spectator, I want to go to every show that came to town. I would want to watch SmackDown and Raw and AEW and every show that came on. And uh, now I'm, I'll watch NWA Power on Tuesday nights, but I'll usually just catch up on any other shows like on uh, just, you know, TikTok or Instagram or clips, YouTube, whatever I see, I don't set aside six hours a week like I used to. When I grew up, I had a VHS collection. So it was like <laughs> three episodes of SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, all the way across this whole thing. And uh, I had a whole collection. That was my original WWE network. But now I can't even watch two hours a week. Oh, uh, it's just, I don't know what it is. I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. Like the show is too long. Like this, what this, this yeah. is the joy of NWA. It's like ah, oh, forty-five minutes. You know, like <laughs> it leaves you wanting more. Sometimes the episodes you're like, all right, that was a good episode. Sometimes you're like, I want more. Yeah, of course. And that that was the feeling I used to feel back in the day when I was a fan in nineteen ninety-eight. You saw the little logo pop up in the corner. You knew that they were going off the air, and you had to wait a whole week for the next episode. Mm, the and little I just white let box. Know. <laughs> but you know like and i'm just I've, I've run out of questions now but uh but now we're just having a chin wag but um there's one thing that kind of bugs me is like uh, okay it's time for me to do a review for my youtube channel for the aew pay-per-view oh cool the pre-show is 90 minutes and then the main pay-per-view is four hours and i'm like it's just too long 
you know? Yeah, mania it used to be one day. Now it's two days. Like, yeah, it's long. Even NWA uh, 75 in St. Louis this year, it's gone to a two-day event. Mm. Initially, it was uh, Empower. It was an all-women's pay-per-view and then an all-men's pay-per-view the next night. And um, the Empower pay-per-view is great. Uh, I don't even remember why we never did it again. But, um, yeah, it's these two-day pay-per-views are killing us. Like, if I want to go, go to WrestleMania, if I want to buy my ticket, I want to buy one ticket and go to one day and go home. I don't want to go two days in a row and have to pay double and all that. <laughs> yeah, because tickets go on sale. You don't know what the main event's going to be on either either an evening, and you might buy a ticket to night one, not want to go to night two, and then night two's got the better main event. It's just... Exactly, yeah. Oh, God, you know, back in the day, WrestleMania was just three, maybe three and a half hours long. Yeah, uh, and not even... everybody was on the card. No, but now, oh, man, it's just... It's just a bit much, that's all. But, you know, it's... Yeah. I, I think the wrestling business at the moment... Is doing pretty good. Like it seems like there's a lot of interest at the moment because of all, all, all the drama that took place throughout 2023. It doesn't seem to yeah. end, but yeah, that's funny. I, I think that it's in a healthy place at the moment. I think it's it's an exciting time. So, I mean, from your perception, uh, you must be pretty excited to to see the way that the industry is at the moment. Yeah, uh, I'm. It's growing. There's a lot of jobs out there, and you know, that I always hear people say it. I wasn't involved at the time, but in the, it used to be just WWE mm. and then WWE and TNA. Those are the only two, really. And now you've got you know, a bunch of other companies that are growing up. And it's some of these bigger companies, you can make a living on it. Me, I do have to have a second job. I have to have a full-time career outside of wrestling uh, to get by. But um, some of these guys don't have to, and that's really, they're blessed. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of jobs out there and it's, a lot more room just for exposure excellent excellent yes well said and uh it, had so much fun here with you rush and uh uh we're coming towards the end of the interview here but we've got that final segment that i told you about earlier where we get to find out about your favorite things so there's there's 12 questions it's a quick fire question for a quick fire answer but it's okay if it takes you a while to think of the answer because Alrighty. most people have a hard time getting the answer out quickly uh the first three about sure. wrestling Who's your favorite pro wrestler of all time? Chris Benoit. Very good choice. The uh, rabbit Wolverine. Uh, second one, uh, through your time in pro wrestling so far, who would you say is your favorite opponent that you've ever had? Tom Latimer. Another fine choice. Uh, mm -hmm. Third, uh, if there's one match, if someone said to you, Rush, tell me, Show me one of your matches from your career, uh, your best one. I, I want to know what it is that you do. What would be that match? What is your favorite match that you've had? Uh, me and Brady Pierce versus uh, Matt Cardona and Mike Knox. Really good match. Awesome. Um, okay, getting away from wrestling now. Uh, do you have a favorite book? I'm a Harry Potter guy, so. Oh, cool. Um, a collection of them. Uh if I had to pick one of those, maybe the seventh, but um, I'm a Harry Potter nerd. Very good. Uh, do you have a favorite TV show? Probably changes, but The Simpsons, they've been there since I was a kid, so you got to be loyal. Very good. Very good. Uh, do you have a favorite film? It was Pearl Harbor growing up. I haven't really selected one as an adult, but when I was a little kid, I loved the movie Pearl Harbor. Right. Cool. Uh, do you have a favorite musical artist or band? Fallout Boy, uh, they were my favorite band. Yeah. Yep. 
Cool. Uh, getting away from the arts now, uh, do you have a favorite food? Oh, God. Uh, Chinese up. Indian food, Thai food. Mm. Yeah. Very good. You yeah, like a bit of spice food. in your life. Yeah, I love the spice. Very good. Uh, I do too, but I just can't handle it. You should see me. Um, <laughs> like I have like bits of napkins stuck to my head afterward. I'm just sweating so much. Uh, uh, favorite place to eat on the road? Waffle House. You ever had Waffle House? <laughs> no, we don't have that in Australia. Unfortunately. Oh man, you come to the states, you got to go to the south and get you a Waffle House. Oh, I'd love to. I've, I've, that's probably the number one answer for that question on this show is Waffle House. Honestly, yeah, a lot of wrestlers eat Waffle House. Very nice. I can't wait. One day, one day. You guys one have day. so much stuff over there. Like we've only it's got like brother, five man. things. We only just got a Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's uh, the one over here is not very good, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah uh do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage and if you don't drink alcohol is it a favorite beverage in general i stopped drinking alcohol a year ago and there wasn't any reason for it it was just no oh, i'm gonna stop you know i don't need to do it anymore so i stopped at new year's but uh pina coladas i was always a pina colada guy um i know it's a little fruity um but yeah i love pina coladas margaritas are cool too uh regular drinks diet coke drink it all the time very nice uh second last one here it could be considered a, a naughty one, but it could get a meaningful answer. So if Rush Freeman sees a good looking lady, you know, what will Rush look at first? What's your favorite female body part or attribute? So I've got a girlfriend, so I will put this correctly, but I, I, I love chests. I love a good chest and my girlfriend's got an awesome. <laughs> Excellent to hear, bro. Uh, and the last one here, uh, you seem like a very nice man. I don't believe you've you've said one swear word, one curse word on this show. Uh, but do you have a favorite curse word? Favorite curse word? My, my girlfriend's British and she says the word cunt a lot. And it's just <laughs> kind of funny hearing her say it. So I'll go with cunt. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, uh, Rush, thank you so much for your time on the show here. I've had heaps of fun just shooting the breeze with you, learning a bit about your, your your journey in pro wrestling so far. And I wish you the best for the spectaculars. And once again, just wanted to thank you so much for your time and, and giving up your time for me here today. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be on the show. You were a great host. Uh, yeah, make sure everybody's subscribing to this show. It's good. <laughs> thank you very much, Rush. And thank all of you out there for joining us here for the Insider's Edge podcast. I'm California. This is my new friend, the spectacular Rush Freeman. And we'll see you down the road. Thank you. Network, that's the way we blind. Get puppies. Don't say, network, that's the way we blind. Get all announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network.